This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to, to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name. My name. Is <laughs> my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. Braxton, <laughs> you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Hmm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. The Indian Tiger King is back. Rajiv is back from India and the conversation that we have is a follow-on from episode 32. If you haven't seen episode 32, not seen but listen to episode 32 india's tiger king you may want to go listen to that before this conversation it sort of sets the scene for the human wildlife conflict that is occurring in india and just the incredible fascinating almost fantasy-like system that india has as promised in that podcast we wanted to have rajiv back six months later to see and get an update on what human wildlife conflict is looking like in India for 2021. And as you'll find out, it's rampant. That's always happens. Afternoon, yeah, good morning. I'm halfway through my coffee already, Rajiv. Oh, wow. Oh. How's everything in India today? Oh, good. A <laughs> lot of man killing, though. Today, uh, Man, let's people... just... What's happening? Like, tell me today, today, what have you heard on the news today in India? And today being July 20th, 
2021. A lot of man killing. Uh, today, a leopard killed a woman. This is a, I mean, uh, I think this is because of uh, too many animals and too many people. And actually run you through it because what I found was very, very interesting. I think uh, all your uh, listeners will find this very interesting. Well, before you run through it, let's introduce yourself again. Welcome yeah, back to the podcast, <laughs> Rajiv. We like to call yeah. Rajiv the, the Tiger King of India. Yeah, so I'm Rajiv, Rajiv Matthew. And uh, I started my career as a field biologist. Uh, and now I'm uh, into wildlife uh, conflicts. I work on wildlife conflicts, the underbelly of conservation, so to speak. Mm. So that's me. And we've already had you on the podcast. We had a fantastic first podcast with you. Thank you. That um, was successful. So those who are tuning in for the first time, go back. I can't remember what number it was, but uh, just type in Rajiv. Um, no, don't type in Rajiv. Type in the Indian Tiger King and you'll find the podcast. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> so, Rajiv, you've been keeping your finger on the pulse of, obviously, the human-wildlife conflict. Yes. And it, I don't think it's a stretch of the imagination to say that India is probably is at the forefront of human-wildlife yeah, conflict, on the, leading it, leading, on, leading in this, it on this planet. Oh, yeah. We are miles ahead of everyone else. And for those that are just unfamiliar, or why do you think that you guys are at the forefront of human-wildlife conflict? Ah, so I'm just going to put everything in perspective. Uh, I was also looking at this, and so I thought I would, um, uh, uh, what do you call, uh, see how two parts of the world are related somehow, and what are the differences and what are the commonalities between them. So I took Africa which is a continent, mm -hmm. and I took India, which is a country. Yep. Um, now, if you look at Africa, it is uh, 30.37 uh, million square kilometers. Yep. And India is 3.28 square kilometers, million square kilometers. So, which means that it is 10% of what Africa is. Right. Right. Now, India's population, India is the second most populous country in the world. So if you look at percentages, our population in the world is 17.7%. Okay. Okay, so now let's take Africa. Africa's population is 16.72% uh, of the world population. So you've got so 10 you have more land. of a percentage. You've got 10% more land. And you've got 90% more land. We are 10% of whatever land you have or Africa has. And we have the same population, maybe more. Uh, so then let us look at the diversity of wildlife. That's incredible, right? You have 90% less land and more people. And more people than you have in Africa, whole of Africa. Mm -hmm. Saharan, sub-Saharan. East, West, all that. 
Amazing. Then, uh, so let us now look at the cats. Because cats, everyone is are interested in cats. So let's look at cats. So how many uh, species of cats do you think are there in Africa? The serval. Cheetah? No, totally. Oh, um, so I'd have cats, to. All the small, the big and everything. Let me, I'm going to guess 15, 15 to 20. Ah, uh, you're off the mark. Absolutely off the mark. You have seven species in Africa. Seven? Yes, that's it. Serval, leopard, lion, cheetah, Black African wildcat, black-footed cat. cat. Then you have got the golden cat, and that's it. Golden. Interesting. Huh. We have 15. 15 cats. Yes. We lead uh, the cat uh, and the bear count in the world. Species wise. How many species of bears do you have? Four species of bear. And we have 15 species of cat, including, and now if we get the cheetah back, we will have 16 species of cats. We have got the tiniest cat, which is the rusty spotted cat, to the largest cat, which is the tiger. Mm -hmm. So you see, we have a, it's a huge number of animals in a very, very, very small space. And With then, a huge number of people. Exactly. Everything. I mean, I mean it's, it's a contradiction in, it, in itself. It's a paradox. If you want a definition of a paradox, look at India. Wow. And then, if you look at the hotspots, the biodiversity hotspots of the world, uh, Africa has eight hotspots in a continent, eight hotspots. And we have six in a country. Amazing. And again, coming back to cats, the world's total number of species is 40 species, of which we have 15. That's an incredible number. And if we get one more, then we've got 25% of the world's species-wise count of in cats in India. And so you would think that the most, you know, we both know the, the single most important element to wildlife conservation is habitat. And yes. essentially, what you have just articulated is that, well, you haven't really said anything about habitat. You do have to put just, you know, simple math, one plus one equals really bad habitat. <laughs> no, actually, we've got very good habitat because otherwise well, we'll be having this kind of diversity. I mean, we have the, uh, if you look at the... Lack of good habitat. Let me say that. Lack of good lack habitat. Lack of good habitat. Maybe, but actually we have some excellent portions of land which are uninhabited. I've been to those parts where uh, we have the wild buffalo and they're bigger mm. than your the African, the Cape buffalo. They're much bigger. And These are the guar, right? Sorry? Is that the guar? No, no, not the guar. The wild buffalo, the buffalo itself. Okay, okay. This is the progenitor of the uh, domestic buffalo. Okay. So you have these buffaloes also here. So, and then we have what Africa doesn't have, or rather no other country in the world has, the four-horned antelope. It's got four horns. Mm -hmm. So 
I mean, diversity wise, I think there's no one anywhere close to us. 100%. Bears, you have, we have four species of bears. I don't think even America has got four species. They've got three. At black best. bear, grizzly. No, grizzly and brown are the same. No, Two and black species. bear, I meant. Yeah, and grizzly and black bear. Grizzly, black bear, and the polar bear. That's about it. That's amazing, too. What a statistic. So You're uh, blowing people's minds, Rajiv. And so come to India. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So uh, that means that we have a lot of people, a lot of wildlife. Naturally, there's going to be a lot of... So you will have conflicts because yeah. the number of people that are there. In Africa, if, you, if one person gets killed by an elephant, it is big news. Mm-hmm. Here, end of the year, I think our total goes to somewhere around 500 or 600 people at least. At least. Sometimes just from elephants. elephants. Just from elephants. I think no elephants kill more, maybe about much more. But I would very, very conservatively put it at uh, 500. Maybe it could be even five times that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yes. So, you started, you started this by saying today alone, there's a woman that was taken by a leopard. Yes. So, where are we standing? I know one of the things we, we said in the, in the first podcast we did together was let's get together in six months' time because I think we spoke in January or February, January, right? Yes. yes. So let's get together six months' time and let's look at what's happened thus far in 2021 in India from a human-wildlife conflict perspective. Yes. And I know, knowing you, you have all of the statistics at your fingertips. In a way, yes. so where do we stand Rajiv is tiger conflict it's down right and leopard conflict is down right Uh, I hope I wish uh, if uh, yeah I mean it's I don't think we can ever find a solution to this uh, simply because uh, our conservation started on a note of paucity. We didn't have many wild animals. Mm-hmm. So the conservation was more a preservationist conservation kind of a thing. And 50 Mindset, years yeah. 50 years have gone by. And that uh, uh, that feeling is there that you know there there isn't there isn't too many animals. Because what generally everyone says, I mean, compares is that at the turn of the last century, we had 40,000 tigers. Uh, How many tigers do you think you have today? uh, I mean, if you ask me honestly, I think we have got about uh, at least 5,000 tigers, double or whatever the government says. Okay. Uh, uh, Because uh, I am seeing tigers in areas that did not have tigers 200 years ago. Mm. So if you are seeing tigers now, it means that... And you're seeing big litters as well, right? You told me the last time. You're not just seeing, you know, one cub. You're seeing three cubs. No, we're seeing five cubs. Five. That's crazy. So, yeah. I mean, it's like a pig giving birth to piglets. 
but it makes sense again if for the people who have tuned in for the first time india has a feral dog problem and has a feral cattle problem as well so the prey base is amazing for the 15 species of cats that you have in the landscape yes absolutely i think your first time listeners uh, will actually be amazed in fact uh, i think they will uh, they will not even believe it that uh, we have this kind of diversity so you've also got that added element we talked about you've got an incredible human population in a very small landmass with an incredible diversity of predators but you add on to that the fact that the prey base is enormous too um yes and no i'll tell you why it is a yes and no uh, yeah, tell because, me. uh the prey base generally speaking for wild carnivores are wild ungulates wild animals mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so most of the time what happens is you will see uh, leopards coming into town and picking up dogs right i've seen that a lot of those videos thanks to you <laughs> yeah you <laughs> blows my mind every single day when i see those videos man cheap yeah. creep it's so that that is one and the other one is then tigers so what about tigers oh, because of cattle and india being predominantly a hindu country uh, the cattle uh, cows basically uh, are worshiped so when you have that the animals are not slaughtered isn't there an edict for not allowing cattle to be slaughtered in india just like uh, feral dogs um there is so now what has happened because of that is that people are releasing them in the jungles right so right. when they when they release them in the jungles they come back they come back to human habitation mm-hmm. but um, when that happens uh, they enter fields so there is a uh, crop crop loss yeah so in many cases uh, people are tying their cattle in the forest oh okay just how jim corbett used to do it to hunt tigers yeah he used to do it to hunt tigers and people are just tying them so that they don't come back home <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh so it's a very complex uh, situation you know i mean it's it's not a one a, there is no one single solution to it hmm. uh it's you have to look at it uh culturally you have to look at it socioeconomically you have to look at it um uh, in very very diverse uh, manners it is just not one little thing i know i've digressed far from what you no, no. ask about tiger so, and rajiv how many people do you think have died in 2021 as a result of tigers and leopards uh only tigers i think about uh from my landscape i'm not talking of any other landscape uh probably about uh 25 people okay and this is when i say my landscape 
I'm talking of an area of about uh, 1,000 square kilometers. So it's a very, very tiny bit of land. Even if India is just one-tenth of Africa, mm -hmm. 1,000 square kilometers is still a very, very tiny bit of land. And you think 25 people in 1,000 square kilometers just to tigers? That's the minimum. What about leopards? Uh, another similar number? Uh, in that area. Yeah. What about elephants? Uh, Are the elephants, elephants in that area? Yeah, we don't have elephants. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. Exactly. So about 50 people, 1,000 square kilometers. If you had to guesstimate and extrapolate that number to India as a country, where do you think you're at? Uh, tiger populations and leopard populations are not homogeneous across the country. Okay. So you have areas where we have tigers, where we have, where we don't have tigers. But leopards mm -hmm. are there almost everywhere. Mm -hmm. But in many cases, the leopards aren't targeting people. Right. There are just two or three places across India where you have a man-eating leopard problem. The, the the one that is uh, where you when you spoke with Prashant, his uh, yep. state yep. has got a lot of a leopard problem. Yep, yep. Uh, Central India has got a bit of a leopard problem, and then uh, a little bit towards the south, not much. But so what you're saying is mainly uh, it would be tied to tigers, right? Tigers and man eating leopard, very very smaller percentage-wise? No, actually, percentage-wise, both are about equal. Okay. Uh, the number of uh, people killed by tigers and the number of people killed by leopards are about the same. Okay. The number of animals involved are about the same. How many, how many leopards? So... Couple of hundred, maybe this year. People, you think? Um, probably, I would uh, estimate about uh, 100, 150 people dying to conflicts. Because one thing that has happened now is that because of this lockdown, because of this virus, people have gone back home. They've gone back to their. Uh, home states because jobs have gone um, so and we, with the lockdown and uh, things not being stable anywhere I think it, right. I think most of the developing world is seeing that I don't know about the others but we are definitely going through a very very bad situation mm -hmm. so when we are there um, what happens is the people are wanting to get back to their hometowns uh, most of these people have not actually uh, been in contact with tigers and leopards, wildlife. They don't know how to react with wildlife. That is one mm. thing that I've seen that I'm now right. seeing. Actually, this is what I'm seeing. So, the, um, earlier when we were, when I was a boy and a teenager, when I used to go into the jungles, I had 
these older tribals used to take us in. Uh, whatever uh, jungle skills I've learned uh, is because of uh, being in very, very close association with these people. So they used, they used to take me and show me tigers at very close quarters. Mm. We, used to come, we used to get to about uh, 15, 20 yards of a tiger without any weapons. Right. I'm walking into a tiger territory and you're scanning near, very close to a tiger without it having sensed us. Wow. And generally, just the two of us used to go. There was an old man and he, he was kind of my guardian angel in the jungle. Okay. So he used to take, take me around and show me the jungle and he's, he's to, he actually taught me how to trap animals and all that. So I learned the jungle skills, mm-hmm. uh, which is now a dying, uh, if not dying, it's, if it is not dead, it's dying. Yeah, yeah. So that, those skills are missing with the people today. So when they see a tiger, and then thanks to these cell phones, every person walking around has a phone in his hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so most of the time, they are unaware of where they are walking. They are looking into that little thing and they're going that way. So into the jungle with no jungle skills. And absolutely no jungle skills. And they blunder into tigers. This is what I am seeing because most of the killings are happening with young animals and uh, the young animals are killing them because these guys suddenly, you know, land up in front of the animal and they start shouting and screaming. When that happens, the tiger will react. And Mm -hmm. if they see a tiger some distance away, they will call the people around on their phones and say, oh, listen, there's a tiger here. So suddenly, out of nowhere, a crowd uh, is amassed. And then there is no place for the tiger to run. Mm. And a tiger is not going to walk away as soon as it sees a human being. I've, I mean, I've, been, I've encountered tigers any number of times. I've had some spectacular uh, situations also. So, uh, so tigers aren't uh, those creatures that will run away. Leopards will slink away. They will just go in yeah. and, you know. Move away. Yeah, leopards. No, but with the problem with the leopard is uh, that you never really know with a leopard. He can always, uh, because our, we were following a leopard once in the late in the evening. And it disappeared. And then we heard a little sound at the back, turned around and the leopard was about 25 yards behind us. It actually went back. Sneaky buggers. <laughs> Very sneaky buggers. So I don't trust leopards. I mean, uh, tigers aren't like that. They are absolute gentlemen. You can walk close to a tiger. It will not. Central Indian tigers, no. <laughs> they are pretty bad characters. They'll clobber you. Mm-hmm. But if you give ample warning and if you make enough sound, then you will not get hit. 
one of the reasons why there are so many deaths, especially during Tendu season, that is the BD leaf, uh, a, a, a very small cigar kind of a thing is made here, where they put a okay. tobacco, uh, where they put a little tobacco in a piece of leaf, which is, uh, which is, uh, I forget the scientific name now. It's called the tendu leaf. And okay. uh, that is cut and then, uh, and that is smoked by almost all the uh, villagers and all that. I mean, the, the local uh, populace. So that is one. And the other, the preceding uh, season is that of uh, Mawa. Mawa is a flower, which is um, the corolla of it, the petals are very, very sweet and delicious. Actually, they're very good eating. I've eaten them. And they're the size of a grape. Okay. And uh, all wild animals congregate under these trees to eat them. Humans also go there. And it's generally the old, the infirm, and those people that do not have any land or are uh, very poor. So their only uh, sustenance is through uh, this uh, selling of uh, uh, these forest produce. Okay. So, and that's uh, where they're coming into contact with wildlife. So they actually mimic wild animals. They are on the ground, they are either squatting or they are bending down and they are not only doing that, they are also picking up this fruit. Now, a tiger is not going to think, can say that, oh, this is a sambar, that's a cheetal, that's a human being, that's a bear. No, hey, see something moving in the grass and cats can't see very, very clearly. They're, it's a very hazy, their eyesight is brilliant. Mm -hmm. But it's a kind of a faded thing. It's they've got more more rods than cones in their eyes, and then they've got that tepid. Uh, uh, oh, what's that called? That the 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 double uh, cornea layer. Yeah, yeah. Tepid uh, lucidum. I was not getting the name now. Something like that. So. Uh, because of that, their vision is not very, very clear. And then they are not going to think what, who, they'll just go kill. Yeah, makes sense. So this is, and in a country where there are so many people, and so many people dependent on uh, forest produce, this is bound to happen. Of course. Yeah, makes sense. So I was looking at uh, um, the patterns of killing. Uh, now, when, you, when I say patterns in killing, the young animals kill differently from an adult. Mm -hmm. So now I'm able to uh, age an animal, I mean, approximately, I mean, not that it's sure, sure. Uh, you know, something uh, very specific, but uh, looking at the way it has killed the way it has clawed a person, you can make out whether it is a young animal or it is an older animal. So let's define young animal, Rajiv. What's a young animal? 
Less yeah. than five? So under five years of age would be a young animal. Okay. And an older animal would be, uh, why I say older is you will have another old animal. Um, so you can tell them by the stripes. The closer the stripes of a tiger, the younger it is. Okay. Because as the body grows, the stripes expand. They are all born with that set of uh, stripes, like our uh, fingerprints. Yeah, makes our sense. fingerprints don't change. Yeah, yeah. So a, a, a cub, a tiger cub, a young one will, have, will look very dark. Same thing with leopards. And as they grow uh, older and they grow bigger, they start the uh, spots of the stripes, the rosettes, whatever, spreads. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you can age a tiger and then you can also look at, uh, you can actually tell which tiger is a dominant one. Because if you look at the shoulder of a tiger, there are these stripes and the wider they are, the, the greater space there is between those stripes will tell you because uh, the shoulder of the animal uh, is very powerful. It's got... Yeah, it have to be. It, yeah, it has to be. Labs. Prey acquisition. Absolutely. And, uh, uh, and with tigers, uh, they are solitary animals for most part. And they are able to bring down a god, which is about a ton plus in weight. Yeah. And for those who don't know what a gar is, it's a steroid-induced piece of cattle, essentially. <laughs> yes. Just muscle-bound. You can see veins on its skin. It's just an amazing animal. It is. It really is. And uh, it's got a... And it's really huge. When you look at a gar, I'm just trying to explain to your viewers here, uh, your listeners here. When you look at a gaw, the body is so big that you, the head looks very, very small. It looks ridiculously small. But between tips of the horns, it could be anywhere, minimum being in a very good, in a good bull, uh, being somewhere around 36 inches. Mm -hmm. Between tips. So it's a and That's massive, a big animal. It's a massive animal. And tigers take them out. And tigers take them out, yes. So Rajiv, with the... Let me ask this question. I know we've talked about humans. What about tigers and leopards? How many tigers and leopards are being lost? Like how many tigers and leopards do we think we've lost in the first six months of 2021? Tigers, I think we lost about uh, at least about 15 tigers. Again, I'm talking of the Central Indian landscape. Mm -hmm. uh, because I'm not getting too much of information from outside. Uh, because most of the, the unfortunate thing is that all these are covered only by the vernaculars, the vernacular languages, newspapers. So they don't go out, uh, you know, it doesn't go beyond a district, doesn't even come to the state. 
it may be lying with the forest department but then you can't it's i don't think it's possible to call up 29 different states in this country and ask do you have a leopard kill or do you have a tiger kill or whatever kills every day mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's going to take the best part of your day so you think 15 is a gross underestimate then it is because we don't know what is happening in the poaching side we we are only we only know of what is happening when we get up an animal that has died right or a carcass of an animal so, so to speak but if there is poaching which there is you can't deny that poachers are very good at it they will not let even a hair stick around anywhere there yep and you're probably going to see more and more poaching now with the change in potentially the change in lion uh, exactly in, in africa yes because uh, we saw a spike in 2019 and that was when uh, africa south africa had stopped exporting lion bones to china mm-hmm. and then i was asking pam why there is a uh, we were actually discussing and then i asked what has changed in south africa just on a hunch it was nothing just just on a hunch i asked her what's happening in south africa and she said that uh, they have stopped exporting uh, uh, bones to uh, china and there was a sudden spurt but then uh, with this lockdown and with this virus coming in uh, poaching actually came down for cats meat poaching went down the the poaching of tigers and leopards came down only because they just could not take the skins and bones and whatever parts outside of the country mm was a little bit more difficult now with everyone much more difficult. in fact uh one someone was caught one of those uh, kingpins was caught he had 15 or 16 leopard skins and a lot of bones he's got tons of bones and everything uh, no one would have kept that many skins and bones uh if uh and he would have been sold out by one of the poachers because uh, he would have uh, got his money gotcha he wouldn't have yeah exactly yeah. he would have been waiting on his money <laughs> yes so he said get the fuck caught i'll get some money out of you know uh, turning him in yeah absolutely so this is what would have happened uh, otherwise you don't get you know such large catches of uh, consignments of uh, skins skins and bones mm-hmm. you may get one you may get two you may you'll get but nothing more than three so when 15 skins were caught i knew that you know it had to be a job done by one of the poachers yeah yeah well you've got an incredible system of obviously you know monstrous human populations crazy diversity of of animals crazy number of animals um I got two more questions to ask you. Number one, why and I I think I know the answer but just rhetorically, why is this whole idea the fact that there's so much 
human death tied to wildlife, not raising more of a red flag internal to India, maybe even external to India too? I think it's very simple. Um, it's two nations in one country. You have the urbanites, the rich, uh, who live in cities and towns, who go to a national park once in a while. Mm-hmm. He visits and they become experts on wildlife, mm-hmm. especially tigers and leopards. They will tell you more about a tiger and a leopard than Corbett or Sanderson or anyone could have ever said. Then and you then have you have the rural community. The, the, the urban community. Then you have the rural community who have to live with it. They are the underbelly of servicing conservation. Uh, mm. If the urbanites pay money, uh, these people, the rural people, are the ones who oil it with their blood, sweat, tears, uh, lives and livelihoods. So that is the that is the divide. That that's what when I started off, I said, you know, India is a country full of paradoxes. And if you want an example of a paradox, come to India. This is the paradox. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's no real um, there's no real solution in sight, right? Rajiv? No, there is no solution because we started off, as I said, you know, with the paucity of wild animals. So we think that you know whatever numbers we have is still low. Right. So we are not willing to uh, take into account simple wildlife management practices because of the preserve, uh, preservationist viewpoint is yes. still very much prominent in India. It is. So uh, you can do a lot of preservation through sustainable use conservation. Mm -hmm. And I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that you have to shoot tigers and leopards for it. Mm -hmm. To begin with, we have a huge problem with Nilgai, that is your blue book. We have problems with wild ball. If you start addressing these issues, then to a certain extent, the livelihoods of the people will be stabilized. They will not have to go into the jungles. Right. Uh, if you can have uh, money uh, put in. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, I always look at Africa. I look at uh, South Africa, but more and more into Namibia and uh, Zambia and Zimbabwe, where a lot of work is being done. And they are doing it uh, with the local communities. Yep. I think that uh, Tom's, Tom O'Pray's film, Killing the Shepherd, is a must-watch. Sure, absolutely. For, no, showing how the community-based natural resource management model works, right? Yes, exactly. You know, I think we in India should be watching that more than anywhere, anyone else in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, you're absolutely right, man. I think that there is... 
There's definitely a model out there, right, Rajiv? There's there a, model a model that shows there is, that yes, and rural you know, communities can be engaged in wildlife uh, you know, conservation. You don't have to uh, take away their livelihoods because what has happened, in fact, I'm reading a very interesting books, uh, book called uh, uh, From Hunters to Ecological Refugees or something like that, where tribes of people, where uh, and all tribals in our country have, uh, like all tribals in the world, have hunting as a core in their area of uh, livelihoods. It's not actually a livelihood, it's a sustenance. Because for them, there was nothing, uh, they only bartered their way out. So that was, uh, wildlife was their economy. and. Our wildlife acts have come in and uh, criminalized everything. When the colonials came in, hunting, they bought in another word called poaching. Yep. So whatever the natives hunted was poaching and whatever else they hunted was hunting. Right. No, it's a gray area, right? So Whenever it is you a very about... gray area. So... Whenever you talk about sustenance hunting and the word poaching comes in, it's a very gray area. It is. So this is where uh, I thought, you know, we should learn from what Africa is doing. Because every uh, part of the world has got something good and something bad. Uh, if you, so coming back to India, I think we need to bring in a lot more uh, interaction between people for wildlife. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is the way forward because uh, and not getting people from uh, Europe because the biggest thing they have is a, a wolf. The smallest thing we have is a wolf. <laughs> well, no, technically you said you had the smallest cat species in the world. No, cats. But then for them, the predator, the biggest predator is a wolf. Right. Exactly. And for us, the biggest, the smallest human predator is a wolf. Right. Right. Well, Rajiv, as, as usual, the information that you provide us is out of this world. And, you know, a lot of people listening to this, their minds constantly are blown. I know my mind is constantly blown. Every time I speak with you and Prasanth, and uh, hopefully we can get... Uh, Bagirath on the podcast. I think you should here. get Bagirath on because I think he'll give you some very good insights about the lion we have in India. Yep. Yep. Um, I need to get him on. You need to help me get him on, man, because he's avoiding me. <laughs> I like Tell him he's that. a good guy. You need to speak with him. He's a very sweet chap, but I don't know why he's... I think uh, maybe he's technically not very savvy. We have some technological problems with Bhagirath, definitely. <laughs> well, Rajiv, uh, thank you again, man. I, um, as I said, I'm happy to bring you back on every six months or so because I think that that. people are I'd just... I'd love uh, to do that. Love to just share. because it's a different... It's just a different environment, right? It's a, it's a, it's a... Dare I say, it's almost like a 
a fictitious fantasy environment that you live in. And we just are, you know, leopards, tigers, and bears, oh my, right? It's just, and it's not just leopards, tigers, and bears. It's four species of bears. It's three species of leopards. It's 15 species of carnivores. It's, it's yeah. a crazy, crazy, it's yeah. cats only, cats only, cats excuse only. me. And then we have got these, the uh, wild dogs also, the red wild dogs. Yeah, no, it's an incredible so, landscape, incredible diversity of wildlife, and um, fascinating. It is actually a very fascinating country. Beautiful landscapes. We have the, I mean, eight, uh, sorry, six biodiversity hotspots. So that speaks. Mm -hmm. Speaks volumes, speaks volumes. Well, look, you you stay safe, okay? Um, yeah, you too, Robbie. Stay, stay safe and uh, we'll catch up soon. We keep doing yeah. that anywhere otherwise. Absolutely, Rajiv. An absolute pleasure as always. Same here, Robbie. Same here. Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.